2: Lux presents Hollywood. The Lux Radio Theater brings you Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall in To Have and Have Not. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. William Keeley. Greetings from
3: Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. We've had many premieres on the Lux Radio Theater, and tonight, on our 12th anniversary, we bring you one of Hollywood's most fascinating couples, together for the first time on the air. They are Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, co-starred in Warner Brothers' thrilling screenplay, To Have and Have Not. To Have and Have Not is a story of intrigue and action with Lauren Bacall in the sultry and romantic role that won her instantaneous acclaim. To bring the Bogart family to rehearsals, we had to lure them from their brand-new mountain home, where, along with a dog, 14 chickens, and 8 ducks, they are still in the process of getting settled. No phone as yet, no tables, and no drapes. But if you should drop in on a friendly visit of inspection, as I did you'd find Lux Flakes doing their part, washing curtains, bedspreads, and blankets. When I commented on this fact, Bogie assured me that on his 54-foot yawl in Newport Harbor, which is the Bogarts' home away from home, Lux Flakes are a standard part of the equipment, making this family loyal to Lux Flakes on land and sea. It's curtain time, and here's the first act of To Have and Have Not, starring Humphrey Bogart as Harry Morgan and Lauren Bacall as Marie Browning. In 1940, following the fall of France, the rule of the new Vichy government stretched to a group of islands due east and west of the tip of Florida, the French West Indies. Among them, the island of Martinique. It's early evening. At a little town along the Martinique coast, a boat has just come into port.
4: All right, Eddie, tire up.
5: That's what I'm doing, Harry. Tiring up good.
4: Well, Mr. Johnson, you want to go, go out again in the morning? No,
6: I'm fed up with this kind
4: All of right, fishing. I can see how you would be. You hook a couple of marlin that any good fisherman would give his life to tie in when you lose them both.
5: Yeah, Mr. Johnson, you're just unlucky. Shut
4: up, Eddie. Uh, about my bill. Sixteen days plus the rod and reel you lost overboard. The
5: fishing tackles your risk.
4: You lost that gear through carelessness. It cost me 275 bucks. And at 16 days at 35 a day, that's a total of uh, 835 bucks. Well, I'll,
6: I'll go to the bank in the morning. I don't keep cash like that at a hotel. Okay, well, let's go up and
4: have a drink. shall yeah, why not? All right, Eddie, lock her up.
5: You mean I can't go with you?
4: That's just what I mean. That drunken old fool. Now, well, wait a minute, Johnson. Eddie's my worry, see? Don't you worry about Eddie. Well, are you coming or not? Yeah, I'm coming. <laughs>
0: Well, monsieur, what luck today?
4: Uh, not so good, Frenchie uh, A couple of bourbons straight. What are you doing behind the bar?
0: Oh, a small hotel like this, Harry. The proprietor does a little of everything.
5: So, uh, the fish would not bite, eh? <laughs> Maybe tomorrow... Not me, I'm through. This is my last day. Oh, that is too bad. Yeah. Well, here's to you. I'm going to wash up. Oh, uh, that bill was 8... 835,
4: 835
5: bucks. Uh,
0: 835. Harry... Are you free after today? Why? There are some people who want to hire your boat. Not a chance.
4: They only want it for one night, Harry. I can't afford to get mixed up in politics. I would not speak if it were not important. You better not speak at all. Company's coming. Company?
7: Oh, good evening, mademoiselle. Anybody got a match?
4: (laughs) Yeah, here's a match.
7: Thanks.
0: Hey, who's that? Uh, She came in on the afternoon plane.
4: Oh. Uh, about my boat. I know what your sympathies are, and it's all right for you, but I don't want any part of it. But
0: they are coming here tonight, Harry. Well,
4: then get word to them. They'd be wasting their time. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, me too.
0: been looking all over. Well, for what's you. doing, Franchi? Those men who wanted to see you, I was unable to reach them. Well, tell them when they get here. It is dangerous for them to come here at all, but to come here for nothing. Oh,
4: you don't even listen. Well, I'm looking at my client, Mr. Johnson. What's that dame
0: doing with Johnson? Dame? The one was who was out of matches. Oh, she's been with Johnson all evening. Her name is Browning, Marie Browning. Oh, she's leaving. Yeah,
4: so oh, am I. Ooh. Oh, hello. You going someplace?
7: Just to my room, if you don't mind. Oh, no,
4: but mine's much closer. It's right here.
7: Say, mister, what's got into you?
4: Come on, let's have it. Have what? Johnson's wallet. I want that wallet, Slim.
7: I'd rather you wouldn't call me Slim. You see, Steve, I'm a little too skinny to take it kindly.
4: Oh, quit the baby talk and hand it over.
7: I didn't know you were a hotel detective.
4: Johnson's my client.
7: He didn't speak so well of you. Well, he's
4: still my client. Yeah. No, that's more like it. You know, you ought to pick on somebody to steal from who doesn't owe me money.
7: He dropped his wallet and I picked it up.
4: And you were going to give it back to him, I suppose.
7: No. No, I wasn't. I don't like him.
4: Well, that's a pretty good reason.
7: Besides, I need boat fare to get out of Martinique. Well, what's in it?
4: Sixty bucks a plane ticket and $1,400 in traveler's checks.
7: Did you expect more? Well, that bird owed me
4: 835 bucks. He said he'd have to go to the bank, and all the time he's got a ticket and a plane leaving at daylight.
7: Then I've done you a fake.
4: Yeah, that's right, but
3: I'm entitled well,
7: to... Well, company. Please, Harry, I-, I told him what you said, but they insisted on... It is
3: not Gerard's fault, Mr. Morgan. I am Jean Beauclair. Come in, boys. Close the door.
4: I told Gerard right, I wasn't interested. Wait a minute, these girl. It's all right to talk in front of you, isn't it, Slim?
7: Go ahead. I don't mind.
4: We'll give you 2,500 francs. We'd offer you more, but we haven't got it. Sorry, but my vo- boat's not available.
6: I told all Americans we're friendly to our
4: side, Monsieur Morgan. Well, they are. But there's a rumor that they put fellas on Devil's Island for doing what you're doing. I'm not that friendly to hey. anybody.
5: Harry! Who's that? Relax. In here, Eddie. Hey, Harry. You see, I want to talk to you but. Hey, who are these guys? I saw them hanging around the dock after you left. For one who drinks,
3: you have a good memory.
5: Yeah, drinking don't bother my memory. If I did, I wouldn't drink and forget how good it was. Say, was you ever bit by a dead bee?
3: I have no memory of ever being bitten by any kind of bee.
5: Were you, Eddie? Was I? <laughs> Say, you're all right. You know, you've got to be careful of dead bees if you go around barefooted. Because if you step on them, they can sting just as bad as if they was alive. I'll bet Ivan did a hundred times that way. Why don't you buy them back? That's what Harry always says. (laughs) But I ain't got no (laughs) (laughs) stinger. All
4: right, Eddie. Now, what do you want?
5: (laughs) Huh? Oh, uh, I guess I forgot, Harry.
4: Yeah. Well, then I'll see you down at the dock later on tonight.
5: Say, Harry, could you let me have a cup of... Here. Yeah,
4: thanks.
5: You're all right, Harry. Well, so long...
4: Now look, Beauclerc. I don't care who runs France or Martinique or who wants to run it. You'll have to get somebody else's boat. You're leaving? Yeah. Make yourself at home.
7: Good night, gentlemen.
4: Sorry, Beauclerc, but I got a client waiting downstairs. Come on, Slim. I want to see Johnson's face when you hand him back his wallet. <laughs>
7: sitting at the same table. Now, where have you been? I've been looking all over for you.
2: You're a fine one, Morgan, running off with my girl.
4: She's got something she wants to give you, Mr. Johnson. Go ahead, Slim, hand it over.
2: Well, that's my... my wallet. Yeah.
4: Where'd
5: you get this? I stole it. Stole it?
4: Maybe you'd better look it over.
5: Oh, uh, it,
4: it's all right, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, you better be sure the plane ticket's still there. Goodbye, Mr. Morgan. You're not staying, huh? No, not staying. Excuse the interruption, Mr. John.
3: Now, look, I was going to pay you. Sure,
4: you were going to sign some of those traveler's checks, weren't you? Well, here's a pen. Start signing. Uh, 835.
8: 835 bucks, that's right. All right, stay move. move over there. Stand back. What's that?
4: What's going on there? the police. Those men are just in your room, Steve. They're after that. Sit down, baby, and duck. (laughs)
0: Harry, he's dead.
7: Mr. Johnson, he's dead.
4: Yeah, that's right, French. stray bullet. And he couldn't ride any faster than he could duck. How do you feel, Slim?
7: Fine, fine, Steve, just fine. Well, another
4: minute and those checks would have been good.
7: Has it struck you it might be an idea to get out of here. Hey,
4: it is no use. The police
0: are coming back. They were after your friends, huh? Beauclair? Uh, yes.
6: You, Gérard, stay where you are.
0: I remember, you know nothing. Hey, they're, not hey, they're not regular cops. No, de Nationale. Gestapo, huh? Yes, yes, quiet now, quiet.
9: What happened to this man on the floor? Uh,
0: a, a straight bullet, monsieur. His name is Johnson, an American.
9: Unfortunate. Take him away. Your attention, everyone. There is no cause for alarm. Inspector Inspector Reynard is only interested in those persons who have violated regulations. Monsieur Gérard.
8: Yes?
7: Headquarters for questioning.
4: And you? It's not nice to point, Lieutenant. The name is Morgan. Shut up. You, mademoiselle.
7: Was you ever bit by a dead bee? Hmm.
9: You will come with us at once.
6: Hello. No, I told you nothing new. Beauclair and the others escaped. I don't know. Yes, yes, later. Now then, you were saying, Monsieur Morgan, you did not know those men. That's right, Inspector Renard. What was your connection with the dead man, Monsieur Johnson? He chartered my boat. Oh. His wallet here. There is no money in it. Only traveler's checks. There was
4: some money in it. 60 bucks. I took it. Why? Because he owed me over 800. You will
6: surrender it, please. Oh, now, wait a minute. And your passport. Oh, but you don't be concerned. If your claim is just, it will be returned. That is all at the moment. Mademoiselle? Yes? Marie Browning, American, age 22. How long have you been in this city?
7: I arrived by plane this afternoon. President? Hotel Marquis.
6: Where did you come from? Canada. Alone? Yes. Why did you get off here?
7: To buy a new hat.
6: I will repeat the question. Why did you get off here?
7: To buy a new hat. Read the label. Maybe you'll believe me then.
6: I never doubted you. It is your tone that is objectionable. I will ask you again.
7: Because I didn't have money enough to go further. Where
6: were you in the shooting? You, you know not I... have to answer that stuff. Shut up, you.
4: Don't answer it. I told you to shut up. Go ahead. Slap me. We wish merely
6: to get to the bottom of this affair. Well, you'll never do it by slapping people around. It's bad luck. We shall see. If we need to question you further, you will be at the hotel?
4: i got my dough and my passport. I'm stuck. By the way, what are your sympathies? Minding my own business. May I suggest and I don't that... need any advice about continuing to do it either. Let's go, Slim. How do you feel? I'm
7: breathing fresh air again. But I don't understand all this.
4: Well, that character Renard works for Vichy. You know what that is.
7: Yeah, something he put in a drink, isn't
4: it? Yeah, well, that's close enough. Well, the other fellows, the ones they were shooting at in the hotel, you see, they're the free French.
7: You know, I could use a drink.
4: Oh, there's a cafe right across the street. Uh-oh, I forgot. No dough. Those guys cleaned me out, remember?
7: Maybe I can do something about that. Another Mr. Johnson, maybe. Oh, uh, any objections?
4: Oh, if you're that thirsty, go ahead.
7: You don't mind?
4: No, oh, wait here. If I get tired, I'll be back at the hotel.
7: You're not sore, are you?
4: Why should I be?
7: I won't be long. Come in. You didn't wait for me. No. You're sore, aren't
4: you? Why should I be sore?
7: Well, I didn't behave very well, did I? You
4: did all right. I see you got a bottle.
7: There was a naval officer. I asked for a bottle, and he gave it to me. Oh,
4: just like that.
7: He was feeling good, but you're not. Now,
4: look, I don't give a.
7: I know, I know. You don't give a hoop what I do, but when I do it, you get sore. After all, you told me to, you know. I told you. You said go ahead, didn't you?
4: Oh, yeah, that's right. I guess I did.
7: Would you rather I wouldn't do things like that? Why
4: ask me? I'd like
7: to know. Well, of all the right, All right, I won't do it anymore. Now, look, I didn't say. I know you didn't. Don't worry, I know what I'm doing. Well,
4: sit down. How long have you been away from home?
7: This is about the time for it, isn't it? The story of my life.
4: Well, I got a pretty fair idea already.
7: Who told you?
4: You did? That slop you took from reynard you hardly blinked an eye. Takes practice to be able to do that.
7: The next time I get slapped, I'll be sure to do something about it.
4: Hey, you forgot your bottle.
7: I don't want it.
4: Who's sore now?
7: I am. Who is it? It's me. The door's unlocked.
4: Here's your bottle.
7: I said I didn't want it.
4: Well, you are sore, aren't you? Uh, I asked you a question. You didn't answer me. I said you're sore, aren't you?
7: Look, I'm tired. I'd like to get some sleep.
4: What made you so mad?
7: I've been mad ever since I met you. Most
4: people are.
7: One look and you made up your mind just what you wanted to think about me.
4: Well, go ahead. Keep going.
7: You don't know me at all. It doesn't work, Steve. I brought that bottle up here to make you feel cheap. And that didn't work either. Instead, I'm the one who feels cheap. And I, I've never felt that way before. I, I wanted to... Well, I thought that... Get out of here, will you, before I make a complete fool of myself.
4: How long have you been away from home, Slim?
7: None of... home, about six months. Going back? How?
4: Oh, what are you going to do here?
7: I don't know. Get a job, maybe.
4: Jobs are hard to get. Hmm. Nice perfume.
7: Remind you of somebody, Steve?
4: No, this is a brand new one to me. Would you go back if you could?
7: I'd walk if it weren't for all that water. Good night, Steve.
4: Good night, and quit worrying. You'll get back all
7: right. Could I see you for a minute?
4: What the. Oh. All right. Open the door.
7: Here's that bottle again.
4: Yeah, that uh, mm. bottle's getting to be quite a problem, isn't it? Well, you want a drink? No. I thought you were so tired.
7: I am. But you gave me something to think about. You said you might be able to help me. That's right. You're going to take that job with those men Frenchy brought up here?
4: Yeah, if I can find what's left of them, but don't get the idea I'd take that job just to help you. I need money, too.
7: Wait a minute. Here, can you use this?
4: (laughs) That's great. Carry the dough in a shoe. I thought you said you were broke. Oh, you're awful good, Slim. I'd walk home if it weren't for all that water.
7: Who was the girl, Steve?
4: Who was what girl?
7: The one who left you with such a high opinion of women. You think I lied to you about this money, don't you? Well, there's $32 here. Not enough for both fare or any other kind of fare. But you can have it if you want it.
4: Oh, I'm sorry. But I still say you're awful good, and I wouldn't...
7: I know. You wouldn't take anything from anyone. You know, Steve, you're not very hard to figure. Only at times. Most of the time, I know exactly what you're going to say. The other times... The other times, you're just a
4: stinker. What'd you kiss me for?
7: I've been wondering whether I'd like it. What's the decision? I don't know yet.
4: You know now.
7: It's even better when you're health. Uh, you're sure you won't change <laughs> your mind about the money? Ah. The money belongs to me and so do my lips. I don't see any difference. Oh, I do. Okay. You don't have to act with me, Steve. You don't have to say anything and you don't have to do anything. Not a thing. Oh, maybe just whistle. You know how to whistle, don't you, Steve? You just put your lips together and blow.
4: You just put your lips together and. <whistles>
2: Stars Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall will return with Act Two of To Have and Have Not in just a moment. Where have you been today, Libby?
10: Sure, and I've been drinking Cambridge tea with a sweet and gracious little lady.
2: Oh, someone with an Irish brogue.
10: (laughs) A temporary brogue. Margaret O'Brien had to learn it for her part in and Mayer's Three Wise Fools, so she loves to practice it.
2: Margaret never lacks for admirers.
10: Oh, everyone she works with adores her. It's no wonder she's so convincing in Three Wise Fools when she wraps the three old bachelors around her finger. Lionel Barrymore, Lewiston, Stone, and Edward Arnold enjoyed it thoroughly.
2: Margaret takes a keen interest in the other actors, doesn't she?
10: Oh, yes. I don't know whether she was more intrigued by a troop of midgets who were masquerading as fairies or by lovely Sid Charisse, the famous ballerina, who showed her some ballet steps between scenes in MGM's Three Wise Fools, which Margaret will do in her next picture.
2: Sounds like quite a stocking risk for Sid.
10: Oh, no. Her stockings hardly ever get run. She told Margaret the fairies helped her.
2: The fairies in a box of Lux Flakes? <laughs> you guessed it.
10: Having a box of Lux is just like having a troop of fairy godmothers to help you.
2: That's right. Lux help stockings last twice as long, so you get the wear of, of an extra pair from every one you buy. That's just like having a fairy godmother present you with an extra pair.
10: You're sure that's no fairy tale?
2: Quite. We've scientific tests to back it up. Dozens of stockings were washed with Lux flakes. The same number with a strong soap. Then strain tests were made to see how, uh, how soon they'd go into run. The Lux stockings lasted twice as long. Rayon, nylon, silk, and cotton all showed similar results.
10: And that's like finding extra stockings in every box of Lux.
2: Remember, those Lux flakes are precious. Don't waste them. Here's your producer, William Keeley. Act
3: two of To Have and Have Not, starring Humphrey Bogart as Harry Morgan and Lauren Bacall as Marie. <laughs> Since escaping the Vichy police, Jean Beauclair of the French Underground has been hiding out on the outskirts of town, a bullet wound in his leg. It's early morning now, and Beauclair has two visitors, Gerard, the hotel proprietor, and Harry Morgan. Last night, Mr. Morgan, you definitely refused to have anything to do with us. Why have you changed your mind?
4: I need the money. Last night I didn't. What's the job?
3: You will take your boat to Angela. About three kilometers from the point. There's a cove and a little jetty. You know it, then? Yeah. You will go at night. When you're off the jetty, flash a light. It will be answered. There will be two people. I know the name of only one, Paul de Bursac.
0: How
4: about landing it back
3: here? Not here.
0: You know Cape St. George, Harry? Uh-huh. Uh, I will have a rowboat and we'll meet you there. Oh, sure. Okay.
4: I'll leave here around noon. With luck and no patrol boats, I'll be back at Saint-Pierre a little after midnight. I won't be carrying lights, Frenchie, so keep your eyes open. If it weren't, weren't for this this leg of mine... I'm glad you're on our side, Morgan. I'm not. I'm getting paid. Oh, uh, and I'd like my money now.
3: There, that envelope. Thanks.
4: Uh, how's the leg? Please.
3: I'd feel better if you were on your way. Well, good luck. You need the luck now. You and de Bersac. Oh, that girl, Morgan. The one you call Slim. Oh,
4: she's leaving Martinique on the afternoon plane. We can both forget about her. <laughs>
7: Morning. Have some breakfast.
4: I had mine two hours ago.
7: What have you been doing?
4: Arranging so you could get on the afternoon plane. Can you make it? Sure. Frenchie here will see you get the ticket. Gladly, if you wish.
7: You took that job, didn't you?
4: Yeah. I figured this way you wouldn't get your feet wet.
7: You want me to go, Steve?
4: Yes. I want you to go. Okay. Well, I've got to get out at the dock. I <clears throat> probably won't see you again if I ever do get up your way. Huh?
7: Yes, do that. I'll leave my address with Frenchy. Yeah.
4: Maybe I'll know how to
0: whistle by then.
7: So long, Mr. Morgan. Well, it was nice while it lasted.
0: Well, perhaps it is better this way, Miss Browning. A strange men. Very strange.
7: Yeah.
4: Come on, come on of there, one. Eddie.
5: Put down the gun, Harry. It's just me. How'd you
4: get on board? I thought I told I you to... I sneaked
5: on at the dock while you was working on the engines.
4: Oh, if you could swim, I'd dump you over.
5: You're an no old joker, Harry. You and me's got to stick together when there's trouble.
4: Well, how do you know there's trouble?
5: You can't fool me. Say, where are we going?
4: Well, I'll tell you when the time comes. Here, put. You better put on a sweater. It's getting cold.
5: Say, what's going on? What's all the darn guns for? Two rifles? you shoot one of those things? Anybody knows how to handle a rifle. All you do is work the liver and hey, what have I got to work a gun for?
4: I just wanted to be good.
5: Sometimes you act so stupid, Harry. sometimes Is it is it gonna be that bad?
4: That all depends.
5: That's why you didn't want to carry me. <laughs> you was afraid I'd get hurt. You were thinking of me. What are you <laughs> laughing at? I was
4: just wondering whether you're gonna hold out or or not. I'm a good man, Harry. Yeah. Well, we're going to pick up a couple of guys, Eddie. If there's any trouble, start shooting. Uh, but don't shoot me. We'll making an Angela in about 30
2: minutes.
5: There they are, Harry. Standing on a jetty. I just seen them come out of the shadows. Turn off that flashlight. Yes, monsieur.
4: All right, get aboard. There's a strong tide running here.
9: You
4: are coming. Who are you, please? Beauclerc sent me. My name is Morgan.
9: It's all right, Elaine. Quickly now.
4: Hey, wait a minute. Beauclerc didn't say anything about a woman. Come no, meet me, Captain. This is my wife. How do you do? Now what do you want to bring up? Well, it's your funeral. All right, Eddie. Let's get out of here. What happened to Beauclerc, Captain? He ran into a little trouble. Monsieur Morgan, who are you? Claire hired me to pick you up. You are on outside. No. I don't understand. I don't understand what kind of a war you guys are fighting, lugging your wives around with you.
11: You're being paid for this.
4: That's what I said. And
11: I suggest you stop talking together to Martinique?
4: Oh, well, that's just that's where we're going, sister.
5: We'll hit the cape pretty soon, Harry. One I should stow the rifles? I said you warned I should There you go again. I ask a perfect turn the motors off. Huh?
4: Turn them off. See anything? You hear anything? Listen.
5: (gasps) Patrol boat?
4: Take the wheel, Eddie.
5: Why didn't you shut off your engine? Keep quiet. It is a patrol boat, Eddie. Give me that gun. You can't fight them, guys. Oh,
4: what's the matter, Eddie? This is where you ought to be telling me how good you are. Well, I can do it. What do you want me to do? What does this mean, Monsieur? You and your wife get down on the deck and stay there.
8: They've got a
5: searchlight. They see us. Get
4: down on the deck. You save France. I'm going to save my boat.
5: Stand by! Stand by or we'll fire! Harry, get the searchlight. Shoot it out. Well,
4: I can try anyway.
5: You got it, Harry. You want me to shoot, soon? Stay too? on that
4: wheel. Full speed, Eddie. All she's got. Step on it.
5: Oh! they're shooting at us. Don't
8: shoot!
4: Don't shoot! Keep your breath, Mister. Get down, duck.
5: Oh, Paul, Paul, you got him, huh? Yeah. He should have laid down. Well,
4: he's down now.
5: Do something! Do something!
4: I am, lady. I'm getting us out of here. <laughs>
5: coming in on the cape, Harry.
4: Yeah. Take over for a while. Watch for Frenchie's boat. Well, how's your husband?
11: Please, help me get him under
4: the seat. Oh, you better leave him where he is. It's just his arm. Besides, I don't want him bleeding all over my cushions. How
11: can you be so heartless?
4: That's something I ask myself at least once a day. I'll be picking up Gerard any minute. He'll take care of both of you.
11: Where will he take us? I don't know. Here he is, Harry.
4: Okay, slow down and watch the drift.
5: Can't I get a drink now? Just walk. Sorry, Eddie,
4: I need one worse than you do. <laughs> yeah?
7: Frenchy's looking for you, Steve.
4: Oh, is that all you got to say? What's the idea, Slim? What happened to that plane? I missed it. Why? Did you like the accommodations, or didn't you... I
7: decided to stay. Well, how'd it go?
4: Oh, now, look, I've been to a lot of trouble to get you out of here. And... That's
7: why I didn't go. Not so, are you? It'd
4: mm-hmm. be all right if I had any dough, but... I
7: got a refund on the ticket here.
4: Oh, that's going to help a lot.
7: I'll be all right, Steve. I've got a job. Frenchie seems to think I can sing.
4: Well, it's his place.
7: Sometimes you make me so mad I could... Hurry.
0: You could what? Hurry. Uh, Harry, I need your help. De Bersac is badly wounded. Well, the bullet hit the gunnel first
4: and was practically spent. All you got to do is get somebody to take it out.
0: We do not dare call a doctor. You could do it. Me?
4: I'm harder than any doctor right now. All I got to do is walk out of here.
0: You don't have to go out of here. The Bersac is in the cellar.
4: Oh, why didn't you put him in a goldfish bowl in the lobby? Uh, not a chance.
0: Uh, uh, my wife tells me your bill is overdue. 6,356 francs. Oh, uh, we will be glad to dismiss the bill if you will do this for us.
4: You'll, uh, you'll throw her bill in, too, Slim's? He hers, too, see. Oh. Now you'll find a medical kit inside, Slim. Bring it down to the cellar. Sure. Oh, and uh, bring some boiling water, too.
11: Stay away from him. You'll not touch my husband. Well, that's
4: all right with me. Harry, please, she's not herself. Now, look, lady. I won't
11: uh... let you do it.
4: Well, he's not badly hurt. He's unconscious because he's... Oh, come in, Slim. Hello. Miss Browning, Madame de Boussac.
7: Who are you? Nobody, just another volunteer. What'll I do with this water
11: steer?
4: I'll drop these instruments in it. Now, Mrs. uh, de Boussac, you may not like this.
11: I'll be all right.
4: Oh, well, then hold this can of chloroform. If he comes to while I'm probing, pour some on this cotton and...
11: oh, look at it.
4: Oh, fine, fine. She's out.
7: Like a light. Uh, Madame, madame. Now, let her
4: alone, Frenchie Slim. Any chloroform left?
7: Some. Enough, maybe.
4: All right, then fan these fumes away. It will all be out. Now, wait a minute. Don't fan them toward her. Well, here we go. Keep your fingers crossed. All right, let's have that dressing, Frenchie. Yeah,
0: here, here.
7: Bandages? Yeah,
4: you, know, you and Frenchie can do that. Adhesive tape in the box. Well, I'm afraid the patient's going to recover. I better get nicely off the floor. She may catch cold. Oh, she's all right. I just fainted. I've ah, got her.
7: What are you trying to do? Guess her weight?
4: Well, she's heftier than you think.
7: Maybe you'd better just look after her husband. Well, he's
4: not going to ride on me.
7: Neither is she.
4: When you're finished, go upstairs and get some sleep. Thanks for your help.
7: I'd rather stay here, Steve. You
4: heard me. Oh, for the love of... Now what did I do? You know, Harry,
0: before I told Miss Browning you were a very strange man. Now I tell you, she is a very strange girl. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. That is what she said. Yeah.
4: How do you feel now?
11: Very stupid. I'm not gonna have the fainting. Uh, your
4: husband's okay. I just put him to sleep again with a pill.
11: I I'll stay here with him.
4: Tell me, uh. Why did you tag along on a trip like this?
11: I wanted to be with him.
4: Well, that's no reason.
11: I was also told to come. They said no man was much good if he left someone behind for the Nazis to find and hold.
4: Hmm, that makes sense.
11: I told them I was afraid, and now I've made Paul that way, too. Now he's afraid.
4: Well, he didn't invent it. Invent what? Being afraid.
11: Thank you, Mr. Morgan. Mr. Morgan, I... You're
4: not going to faint again, are you? No.
11: I'm just having a hard time trying to say something... I, I'm sorry for the way I behave.
4: You're just sorry you made a fool of yourself.
11: You don't make me angry when you say that. I don't think I'll ever be angry again with anything you say.
4: Another screwy dame. Now, how can you...
11: Hello.
7: I hate to break this up, but I thought you'd want something to eat. Thank you. How's the patient, doctor? Or haven't you looked faintly?
4: He'll be all right.
7: I hope you have everything you need here, Mrs. DeBersack. The eggs may be a little hard-boiled. Oh, they're fine. I like them that way. You're lucky, isn't she?
4: I'm going up and get some sleep. If you need me, tell Gerard.
7: I followed you up here, Steve. Do you mind?
4: Suit yourself. Thanks. For what?
7: I'd like a match. Here. Aren't you hungry, Steve? No. Here, let me help you take your Look, shoes I'll off. Look, I'll take my
4: own shoes off. All I want to do is get some sleep.
7: Well, I'll fix you a nice hot bath. You'll sleep better.
4: Look, Junior, I'm not hungry. I'll take my own shoes off, and I don't want a nice hot bath.
7: You mean there's nothing I can do?
4: You can get out.
7: You know, Mr. Morgan, you don't make me angry when you say that. I don't think I'll ever be angry again at anything you say. How am I doing, Steve?
4: You want to do something for me, don't you? Yes. Okay, then try this. Walk around me. Hmm? Go ahead. Go on, walk around me. I'll get it. Did you find anything?
7: No. No, Steve. There are no strings tied to you. Not yet.
4: What do you mean, not yet? Come here.
7: Hmm, I like that. Except, uh except for the beard. Why don't you shave, Steve, and we'll try it again sometime. Hey, hey. Yeah, frenchy He's here, Inspector, in
0: You'd better come right
4: down. Not now, Frenchie. I got a shave. Harry,
0: he's got your men. He's got Eddie. Eddie. He's giving him whiskey. He's asking questions. Well, I'll be right down then.
4: No, Slim, I've got no strings. Only a rope right around my
2: neck. We pause now for station identification. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
3: of To Have and Have Not, starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall in a moment. Being discovered by a talent scout doesn't usually bring immediate stardom. Months of training in diction and acting may precede a starlet's introduction to the public. Our guest tonight, Miss Carrie McCord, is training at Fox right now, and it looks as though big things were in store for her. Do you spend much time on the set, Carrie?
11: Yes, indeed, Mr. Keeley. When I first signed, Fox was just finishing Daryl of The Razor's Edge, and I watched Jean Tierney every chance I could. Mm,
3: an excellent way to learn technique.
11: Well, I liked Iron Powers, too.
3: Well, they were both perfect casting for Somerset Maugham's novel.
11: I'd love to be in a picture that called for a stunning wardrobe like Jean's.
3: And naturally, you're interested in clothes.
11: Oh, yes. I used to be a model, fashion shows especially.
3: Well, Jean Tierney was also a model.
11: Oh, well, that's encouraging. We're liking something else, too. And what's that? Our clothes get the same kind of care.
3: (laughs) Lux flakes?
11: Naturally. I found out from the wardrobe mistress that the beautiful blouses and sweaters Jean wears in the razor's edge were washed regularly with lux flakes. I've used lux for my own nice things for years.
2: You'll find lux is the favorite of Hollywood studios, Carrie, because it takes such good care of colors and nice fabrics.
11: Well, that's been my experience, Mr. Kennedy.
2: Actual tests support that, too. Carefully supervised washing tests were made by a famous laboratory on dozens of different fabrics and colors. In case after case, those washed the Lux way were still lovely when those washed the wrong way were faded and drab. In fact, the Lux ones stayed color-fresh and new-looking up to three times as long.
11: With the high cost of clothes these days, keeping them attractive longer is important to any girl.
2: And that's one of the reasons Lux is worth waiting for if you can't get it the first time you try. Just keep on asking for it. More is on the way. Here's Mr. Keeley at the microphone.
3: After the play, we'll bring our stars back for their customary curtain call. Here they are in Act Three of To Have and Have Not. Humphrey Bogart as Harry Morgan, Lauren Bacall as Marie. It's a few moments later. In a corner of the hotel bar... Harry Morgan finds Inspector Renard and Sergeant Coyle of the Secret Police. Seated between them is Eddie.
6: We are buying your friend a drink, Captain Morgan. We find Mr. Eddie very entertaining when he drinks.
5: You hear that, Harry? He called me Mr. Yeah, what were you boys talking about? I was telling him about that big Marlin you and me hooked onto last night. Oh, yeah. Uh, that fish was so big, me and Harry could hardly budge him. Yeah, that's right. It must have weighed a 1,000 pounds.
4: Every time he takes a drink, the fish grows larger. Well, judging from what's left in this bottle, he must have started with a mackerel. And how did you finally manage to land such a great fish? Oh, didn't Eddie tell you? We didn't land him. He ran into a German submarine. A German submarine? Well, whatever it was, it opened fire on us. I didn't
6: stick around to find out. I do not think anybody could give a more logical explanation for refusing to obey the challenge of our patrol boat. Patrol boat? So
4: that's what it was. Eddie kept saying it was a patrol boat, but I wouldn't believe him.
6: Now we get down to business, eh, Morgan? What about your passengers last night?
4: What passengers? The ones you brought over from Anglia. Would $500 refresh your memory? Oh, my memory's pretty good. For instance, I can remember you're the guy who lifted my passport and all my cash. And if your passport and money were returned. Including the 835 Johnson owed me? Why not?
6: Now, where are they?
4: Your passengers. Oh, that these people are as important as you seem to think they are, they're going to be pretty hard for me to
6: find. For a man of your resourcefulness? <laughs> not too difficult. Think it over. Let me know, Morgan. Come along, Coyote. Goodbye, Mr.
9: Reddy. See me again when you get thirsty. <laughs>
5: Them guys don't think that I'm wise, do they, Harry? They was trying to get me drunk. They don't know me, do they?
0: Well, <coughs> what, what, what happened? What, what did they want? The Bersac. Hey, I heard you are in. You can deal. Renard thinks you will uh, turn them in? Oh,
4: that's what you want them to think, isn't it?
0: Uh, wh- wh- what will happen?
4: Well, Renard hasn't searched this hotel yet, has he? No, not yet. Well, there's your answer. Renard doesn't want just Bersac and his wife. He wants the whole setup.
0: And what shall we do?
4: Oh, it's not we. It's you. You can't do anything until the bazaar is strong enough to move. Now, how about some breakfast? Oh, uh,
0: sure, sure.
7: I thought you didn't want any breakfast.
4: Oh, how are you, Slim?
7: I asked you before if you were hungry.
4: Uh, sit down.
5: You know, Harry, th- them guys, they were trying to find out something. What do you suppose it is?
4: <laughs> you don't know?
5: No, uh, I ain't got no idea.
4: <laughs> well, that's a good way to leave it.
5: Uh, You got the hiccups. Have I, Harry? <laughs> Oh Yeah. <laughs> Don't you think you'd better take a drink of water? Water? I'm getting out of here. Don't you worry about me, Harry.
4: <laughs> well, stay away from the police. They're not going to believe that story you told them the second time.
5: What story was that, Harry? I forgot. Uh,
4: well, just, just beat it and keep out of sight.
5: Sure, Harry. Sure.
7: Well, I'm starting work tonight, Steve.
4: Uh, now you're a singer, huh?
7: I'd be interested to know what you think. Will you be there? I don't know. Maybe. Decided to drop in, huh? Yeah. I do my song in a few minutes. Like my dress?
4: You won't have to sing much in that outfit.
7: You know, Steve, sometimes you make me so... That's
4: why I do it. You haven't seen Eddie, have you?
7: Not since noon. Why?
4: He left the boat and hasn't come back.
7: Anything wrong? Plenty.
4: I don't look now, but to the guy by the door. has have been following me. Keep an eye on him, will you, while I'll be down the cellar.
7: Give Mrs. de Bersac my love.
4: I'd give her my own if she had that dress on.
7: How's your patient? That's what I'm going to find out.
11: Much better, Harry. See? There's been no bleeding all afternoon. I
9: am very grateful, Monsieur, believe me.
4: Well, then you won't need me anymore, de Bersac. Frenchie, I'm pulling out. Huh? When? As soon as I can find Eddie. Oh, missing, eh? Yeah.
9: You wouldn't go without him?
4: No, I don't think Eddie'd like that. Uh, now, look, Frenchie, as soon as I'm gone, Renard's going to turn this place upside down. So you better start figuring how and where you're going to move our patient here. It would be best if my wife and I went with you. I'm still trying to get out of the jam I got into bringing you here. Just why would you come come here in the first place? Did you ever hear of Pierre Villemar? Yeah, Vilmar is. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, he was quite a guy. The Vichy got him. He's dead, isn't
9: he? No, monsieur, he's not dead. He's on Devil's Island. They sent me here to get him. He's a man whom an oppressed people will believe in and follow. And just how are you going to get him off Devil's Island? You. you don't think much of me, do you, monsieur Morgan? You are right, I am not a brave man. I'd still like to know how you're going to spring Vilmar. We will find a way. If it fails, if I die, someone else will try again. There always will be someone else. Yeah. Originally, we planned to do everything from here, but now, because of my clumsiness, it is impossible. That's the reason we have to go yeah, well, with you. i have got the docks covered.
4: They're all over the place. How will you go? Well, they're watching me to find you. As long as I haven't got you along, I can get on my boat all right. They'll be at fog tonight. I can drift out beyond the breakwater before I start my engines. I'll have trouble enough without you. Harry, if only. No, Morgan is right,
9: Gerard. This is not his fight yet. Oh, Gerard told me of your refusing Renard's offer. Well, how do you know I won't take it? There are many things a man will do, Monsieur. But betrayal for a price is not in your makeup.
4: Mm. Well, good luck. I hope you find your friend. Thanks. I'll be around, Frenchy. There are a few things I want to talk to you about before I blow. I'll be up presently. <laughs> Any sign of Eddie?
7: No. Your friend's still at the door.
4: So I see. I've got a hunch the whole thing's going to blow up, and soon.
7: Any plans, Steve?
4: Few. We're going to pull out of here tonight. We? Oui. Yes, just as soon as I find Eddie. Well, don't look so happy about it. It'll be rough. I'm broke. If we do get out, it'll be with a couple of hundred gallons of gas and a few francs, just enough to get us to Port-au-Prince, maybe.
7: I've never been there.
4: I don't know when you'll get back home. Could be a long time. It could be
7: forever. Are oh, you afraid of that? I'm hard to get Steve. All you have to do is ask for it.
4: How long will it take you to break it up with being watched?
7: I better give out with another song anyway. I'll see you later on. Yeah. Later on.
4: Harry. Harry, she wants to see you. Madame de Bursette. No, not now, Frenchie. That's all over.
0: I just took her to your room. You what? Hey, please, Harry, she has to talk to you.
2: Oh, okay.
4: Tell Slim I'm. No, come to think of it, don't tell her anything. You shouldn't have come up here. It's too much of a chance.
11: I have to see you. It's about this jewelry. I'd like you to take these. They're so all Paul and I have left. Save them until we can... And
4: what if they get me before I get out?
11: Then throw them overboard. At least they won't have them. I
7: suppose
4: I never see you again.
11: And let it be a part <clears> of <throat> me for all you've done for us.
7: Miss Browning. I keep barging in, don't I? Bernard just came in, Steve. He's on his way up.
11: Did
4: he see you? I don't think so. Well, get in the other room. Both of you go on. Hurry. But suppose he. Keep quiet. As soon as I get rid of Bernard, take her back down to the cellar. Okay, Steve. Looking for me, Renard?
6: Do you mind if we come in? No, not at
4: all. And any friends of yours... Shut out. Sergin, keep your hands up, Morgan. Oh, relax. I don't carry guns. What's on your mind, Renard?
6: The whereabouts of Monsieur and Madame oh, de Bersa. How would I know. Well, I thought perhaps you... <clears> hmm. <throat> Perfume. Very nice.
4: <laughs> you like it, huh? Yes. So do I. All right, Slim, come on out. Good evening.
6: Mademoiselle, well, now we are all here. Except your friend, Mr. Eddie. You've got Eddie? Yes, we've got Eddie. What are you going to do with him? If you will not give us the information we want, perhaps he will. We made the mistake this morning of giving him liquor. This time we will withhold it. I couldn't stand that. He'd crack wide open. All of which you could prevent.
4: Yeah. Yeah, maybe I could. Uh, uh, You got a cigarette, Slim? Here. Thanks. Can't you make Eddie talk, Renard? When not necessary. Uh, uh, match, Slim. Sorry, I. Uh... Oh, there's some uh, some over in that drawer. You could save your friend a great deal of, uh, shall we say, discomfort.
7: I don't see any match. Oh, there's
4: a please. whole box of them. Oh, never mind. I'll get them. Uh, uh how much uh, how much money did you offer me, Renard? I... Eight thirty hundred eight hundred and thirty five, wasn't it?
6: Except now, I don't believe I will pay anything.
4: Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Eddie will talk. He'll have to talk. There's nothing else I can do but... Don't what? But this.
8: Look out, These has yeah. the gun.
4: Sorry, Renard. Coyer shouldn't have shot first. If somebody shoots at you, you've got to shoot back. You all right, Slim? Yes, Steve. You know, I've forgotten all about the gun in the drawer. Thanks. Listen to me, more I've listened to you long enough. Now, get him up. You forget we still have that drunk? So you were going to drive Eddie nuts, huh? Picking on a poor old rummy that never and slapping girls around. That's right. Go for your gun, Renard. Your boy on the floor needs company. No, no,
0: Harry. Don't, don't.
4: Get that gun, Frenchie. Yes, Harry. yes. Now get over that couch, Renard, both of you. Harry. Don't bother me, Frenchie. I'm getting mad. All right, Madame de Busac, come on out. Let me introduce you fellows. This is Madame de Bussac. The other one's down in the cellar. Her husband. Take her down, Frenchie. Get some help. Have them both ready to leave on the boat. And come back up here. Slim, you pack. We're shoving off as soon as we get Eddie.
6: And just how do you think you'll get...
4: There's a telephone in the hall, Renard. You're going to tell someone to let Eddie out. Oh, yes, you are, one of you. Because you're both going to take a beating until someone gets on that phone. That means one of you is going to take a beating for nothing, and I don't care which one it is. But I'd like to start with you, Renard.
5: Oh. Where... Where's the phone? Uh.
4: I'll show it to you just as soon as you tie up your partner here.
6: Yes. Yes, you hear me? I said you will release him immediately.
4: Tell him you'll explain later.
6: I will explain it later. Do nothing till you hear from me. Then I'll take the responsibility. Goodbye.
4: Uh, Thanks, Renard. Now back to my room. You've got some harbor passes to fill out.
0: Harry. The Bursac and Madame, they're waiting.
4: Oh, good. Take them down to the wharf. Here, these passes will get them through the guards.
0: Uh, where will you take them, Harry? Oh,
4: maybe Devil's Island. Uh, what? Oh, just a short stop to pick up your friend Vilma's. He's still there, isn't
0: he? Oh, Harry, do no joke. Well, that's what you wanted, wasn't it? Oh, je te remercie, Harry. Je te tellement gentil de me faire ça. Hey, well, it's well. all
4: right. Just don't kiss me.
0: Oh. Uh, why, why are you doing this, Harry? Huh?
4: Well, I don't know. Maybe because I like you and... Maybe because I don't like them. Oh, uh, you'll have to take care of those guys, Renard and his pal. They're in my room. Oh, we will give you plenty of time. And if you let them go, they'll come back here and burn the place down. It will be a very small fire. When
0: Wilma comes back, we'll start a bigger fire. Okay. See you in the boat, Frenchie. <laughs>
5: Say, hey, how's everything been going, Harry?
4: Oh, everything's all right now.
5: You look glad to see me. You know the funny thing. I yeah, went, I know. Police station. i did it. at the police station. The police yeah, well, station. we're shoving off, Eddie. You ready, Slim?
7: All ready. They're down in your cabin.
5: Hey, what is this? Is she going with us?
4: Yeah, it looks like it. She and those
5: people we picked up. What, Harry, you mean? Oh, what's she got gonna... to... Who are you? Was you ever bit
7: by a dead bee? Uh, was you? Yeah. You know, you got to be careful of dead bees. They can sting you just as bad as live ones. Especially if they was kind of mad when they got killed.
5: I feel like I was talking to myself.
7: I bet I've been bit a hundred times that way. Why don't you bite them back? I would, only I haven't got a stinger.
5: Oh, now I remember you. You're all right. She can come, Harry. It's okay with me. Thanks. Now I'll have the two
4: of you take care of, won't I? Yeah, that's right, Eddie. All right, cast off that line. Sure,
5: Harry. All clear.
4: Well, here we go, Slim.
7: Yes, here we go.
4: Oh, you don't have to act with me. That's what you said, remember? You don't have to say anything, and you don't have to do anything.
7: Oh, maybe just whistle.
4: I've been practicing. Oh? Listen. You feeling happy, Slim?
7: What do you think?
2: stars will return for their curtain calls in a moment. Grandmother is sitting quietly in the living room. That is, until young Jane bursts in.
11: Mother! Your mother's out, Jane. What is it? Oh, hello, Grandma. Look what I just bought, a ducky new slip. You mean to say your mother allows you to wear things like that? Why not? What's the matter with it? Silk and lace. Why,
0: in my days... But... but
11: it isn't silk, Grandma. It's rayon. And I've looked all over town for a blue like this.
0: We wore sensible clothes when I was young. Oh,
11: but, Grandma, pretty undies make you feel so wonderful.
0: <laughs> Sheer extravagant. Oh,
11: not really, Grandma. I've got locks like this, and they wear and wear. You see, I use lux. You take care of your own things. <laughs> well, I should say so. On my clothes allowance, I can't afford to have them wear out fast. With Lux care, they look simply swell.
2: Sensible Jane. Lux Care really does keep pretty on these lovely longer. Up to three times as long, in fact. Color tests show. I've seen identical slips. One washed the wrong way with the wrong kind of soap, and one washed uh, the right way, the Lux way. And you'd be amazed at the difference after 30 washings. One was faded and drab. The Luxed one was still lovely looking. So if you value your pretty things, Lux them after every wearing. If you don't find Lux Flakes at your dealers, try again soon. More is on the way to him. Lux Flakes are worth waiting for. We return you now to William Keeley.
3: Back for a well-deserved curtain call come the stars of To Have and Have Not, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Lauren, all our heartiest congratulations on this, your first appearance on the air. I'm sure there'll be many more.
7: Thank you, Bill.
4: Uh, you see, that wasn't so bad, now was it? What if you do make a slip on the air? There's only 30 million people out, 30, ready to <laughs> jump down your throat.
3: <laughs> you know, Lauren... Uh, just a see... minute,
4: Billy. Name she answers to is Betty. You only call her Lauren when you're sore at her. Okay, Bogey.
3: As I said earlier, Betty, we've had many premieres in this theater. But tonight, I'd like to bring our audience a world premiere. <laughs> something never before heard on the air. But I'm not sure Bogey would approve. But think, Bogey, 20 million people waiting breathlessly to hear it.
8: Yeah,
4: but think of me, my nerves. Every time I hear it, I jump.
3: Yes, but in spite of personal sacrifice, the audience must come first. How about it, Betty? Shall I, Bogey? Okay. Thank you, Bogey. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time on the air, you're about to hear an instrument made famous by tonight's play, immortalized by the line, Whenever you want me, whistle. It's Betty McCall blowing the special whistle which she carries with her for that special purpose. Ready, Betty? Ready, Bill. Low. (laughs) Well, Bogie, I can see how you'd find that whistle irresistible. Incidentally, Betty, I notice you don't use it in your current Warner Brothers picture, The Big Sleep. Uh,
4: She doesn't need to. She has me hooked right from the beginning in that picture.
3: Well, both of you do a splendid job in bringing Raymond Chandler's mystery to the screen. Thanks, Bill. Uh, what do
4: you have coming up on Lux next week?
3: Next Monday night, we bring our audience a household full of humor, drama, and romance. It's paramount recent screen success, Miss Susie Sleggles. Starring Joan Caulfield, William Holden, and Bill DeWolf. One of the newest and brightest stars of Hollywood, Miss Caulfield plays her original screen role, as does Billy DeWolf, in this poignant story of a group of students in pursuit of fame and happiness and love.
4: Well, that ought to make a great hit with your audience. Well,
3: good night. (laughs) Good night, night. and many thanks to both of you. (laughs) Our stars, the makers of Lux Flakes, join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday evening when the Lux Radio Theater brings you Joan Caulfield, William Holden, and Billy DeWolf in Miss Susie's Slagles. This is William
2: Keeley saying goodnight to you from Hollywood. Suppose you had to do without a month's supply of soap. That could happen if used fats aren't turned in by the housewives of America. Scores of major industries need oils and grease, yet there's a shortage of oils all over the world. So if they're to keep going, they must boost their supplies with used fats or cut into the supply of fine soap-making oils. And that would mean less soap for you. So don't throw a single drop of used fat down the drain. Your dealer will give you four cents for every pound. Heard in our cast tonight were Tim Graham as Eddie, George Sorel as Gerard, Jack Crucian as Inspector Renard, and Jack Lloyd, Betty Alexander, Charles uh, Seal, that is, Robin Hughes, Stanley Farrar, Herman Waldman, and Herbert Lipton. Our music was directed by Louis Silvers. This program is broadcast to our men and women overseas through cooperation with the Armed Forces Radio Service. And this is your announcer, John Milton Kennedy, reminding you to tune in again next Monday night to hear Miss Susie Slagels with Joan Caulfield, William Holden and Billy DeWolf. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting Whitaker.